It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hello, welcome to Time Enough Podcast, where we dive deep into episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. That's right. You didn't say say hi, Mark, so I'm yeah. That's I actually uh, did that's it wrong. My, that's where I, well, I was thinking maybe you were like Mark is your family name and Hi is your you know given name. Then that would be Mark High, right? In Japan. In, J- in Japan, yeah, where yeah. you are. Yeah, but you're where you are in America, so it'd be high mark. It's like Chuhai, high, but it's mark high. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's in Japan, so it depends where you are, but you're not in Japan at the moment. If you did, currently you'd have to come on like a North Korean-style guided tour. But wait, since you are recording this Zoom call from Japan, does that mean that I technically do exist in Japan? Well, I'm saying... Legally? No, legally you'd have to be on a North Korean-style guided tour as of June or July 2022. They started letting wow. foreigners in, but they, they're in these like weird, like it's just like the North Korean tours. It's really bizarre. <laughs> if I steal a sign, will they like abduct me and then kill me and then send me back and be like, oh, he died somehow? Yeah, probably. I'm not know. interested. <laughs> uh, today, our episode is Mr. Beavis and Butthead. Sorry. Okay, there. I got it out already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, everybody has a. It's like Schwarzenegger. Everyone has a Beavis and Butthead impression, and I'm going to try really hard not to do them. I don't think I have those impressions. I, I feel the, yeah, those are ones I never felt the need to really do impressions of. Well, it's good because everyone has them. So it's like the less people that do them, the better, probably. I have plenty of horrible impressions, but that that's not one of them. Mm. Uh, let me roll out the trivia on this one. Rod Serling penned this one, and I was even a touch surprised because this script has a smell of a Matheson or a Beaumont, but that Serling was a jack-of-all-trades, I suppose. William Asher directed while this episode hit its marks. The man was best known for directing the majority of I Love Lucy and Bewitched. Some have even given him the hyperbole of having invented the sitcom, though the latter job may have had something to do with the fact that he was married to Bewitched star Elizabeth Montgomery. Lucky guy. (laughs) Our titular Mr. Beavis is played by Orson Bean. While he writes fine as an actor, he considered himself famous for being famous, as he was what Japan calls TV talent, having regular spots on the panel of To Tell the Truth and Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. He had a few dry years as well, having been blacklisted McCarthy style for a spell. Jay Hardy Hempstead was played by Henry Jones. He was a well-working, well-worked character actor. I don't think that's what I meant to write. Showing up in around 180 movies and TV shows, but really excelled as a Broadway actor, scoring a Tony for Sunrise at Campo Bello. I mean, I don't know what that is, but it's, it's, it's a fact. You got a Tony. I mean, you put that on your shelf, right? 
Yeah, next year below all your other awards. What next year blow? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's more like the Oscar, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the Oscar is what you hide it inside. Yeah. Are yeah, Oscars hollow? I don't think I don't know. I, I mm. thought they were solid gold. Can you murder someone with the Oscar? Mm. I don't know. Can you? Has it happened? Well, it's, Oscar it's happened. It has to have happened. Oscar winners in our audience, please you know, please tell us. <laughs> Has anyone won an EGOT and then murdered someone with all four of them? Should I make that movie? <laughs> Would you hold two in each hand? <laughs> oh, yes, of course you should make that movie. <laughs> what What if they got their EGOT and then they were in like some kind of like arm maiming incident? So they've replaced their their hands with the wards and and they murder people with them. Did Did you see Malignant? No, there is, is like about? a little bit of there is a little bit of oh there is some award murder in that movie. Okay, that's I mean, cool. That might be where I got that from. Well, that's the name of your movie, Award Murder. <laughs> <laughs> award murder? No, no, it should be. Is, is award-winning murder? Is, is it a verb? No, it's award murder because we don't know if it's a verb or a noun. Uh, I'm just trying to think of how you could use egot in some kind of killing pun, and I just really. He got you. He got you. <laughs> he got you. <laughs> there, this thing writes itself. Speaking of things that write themselves, uh, when you when you stop laughing like a beavis, can you uh, read the prologue? All right. Mm -hmm. In the parlance of the 20th century, this is an oddball. His name is James B.W. Beavis. And his tastes lean towards stuffed animals, zither music, professional football, Charles Dickens, moose heads, carnivals, dogs, children, and young ladies. Mr. Beavis is accident prone, a little vague, a little discombobulated, with a life that possesses all the security of a floating craps game. But this can be said of our Mr. Beavis. Without him, without his warmth, without his kindness, the world would be a considerably poorer place, albeit perhaps a little saner. Should it not be obvious by now, James B.W. Beavis is a fixture in his own private, optimistic, hopeful little world. A world which has long ceased being surprised by him, James B.W. Beavis, on whom Dame Fortune will shortly turn her back, but not before she gives him a paste in the mouth. Mr. James B.W. Beavis, just one block away from the Twilight Zone. Okay, red, red like a man who's just had his head pounded in by an EGOT. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're you're never gonna get a straight read of these from me ever again. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I think that happens with the regulars. Well, except Andrew, who who you know wants to dry his teeth and do a, a rod, but you, that's fine. No, no, he's great. Someone, that's his thing. Someone's gotta that's do it. Yeah. A lot. I mean, a lot of people have great rods. I'm just gonna you know <laughs> take my uh, my mediocre rod and tuck it away and do just an unhinged multiple personality reading every time. Tell your brother he has a beautiful rod. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> it's um, a sterling rod. Yeah. 
that, that, that was a Freaks and Geeks reference, if, if anyone is like thinking was a Freaks and Geeks reference. I'm gonna nod politely and pretend I watched it. <laughs> it's, uh, I know it's I'm supposed only... to watch. I know it's good. No, it's I the one episode. It. It's it's the one episode. Like I've seen like half of them. It's the one episode I've uh, seen multiple times because it's the one where they start a band and it's it's just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's something I need to watch. Anyway, speaking of things I need to watch or things that I have watched, I hope you watch Mr. Beavis. I did watch Mr. Beavis. Oh, good. Uh, like part of the fun irony of reading <laughs> reading the intro like that is that this is not an evil Twilight. This is possibly the least evil Twilight Zone that yeah, I can yeah. remember. Because yeah, we did one for the angels, and even that one was like threatening little girl death. So, <laughs> Yeah, and it had death in it. This has no death in it. It has really the guy kind of gets to write his own write his own fate, and he still has... Uh, the guardian angel who doesn't even like him still has his back at the end. I don't know why. Okay, maybe you can explain this to me. Um, mm -hmm. I came in the whole time thinking, oh, this is the episode with Dick Van Dyke. And I watched it and I thought I was watching Dick Van Dyke the whole time. And I should say mm -hmm. I haven't seen much of his show and none of it for 20 years. So I don't have like the best mental picture, but it has that energy, I think. <laughs> no, it's like I, I, I have it really drilled into my head what Dick Van Dyke looked like. I think and, okay. and Mary Mary Poppins especially, but I think Mary Poppins was like a couple of years after this, right? Somewhere in the vicinity. Yes, that sounds about right. Anyway, I just, I mean, I, maybe I just colored myself an idiot, but this is a good episode to do that with, right? Mr. Idiot. <laughs> now, this is a, the one of the interesting things to this, uh, to me about this is that there are a few episodes where someone shows up as a supernatural force like mr death or mr fate mr death being from one for the angels and in this episode the the human is mr something and then the angel has a regular guy name oh yeah yeah that's true okay we Interesting. i mean we we do know what mr beavis is wait his first name is what bw i guess that's still not that's still a little bit um abbreviated well, but it's some people it's, go by initials yo what's up bw uh, James, it's James B.W. Beavis. And the guardian angel's name is J. Harvey Hempstead. It's a, it's an interesting thing where it's sort of the formula is still there, but a few things are just switched around just a little bit. Well, that's probably a good idea. Um, TV, you know. it's TV, man. It's TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you're pumping. I mean, what this first season is what, 36 episodes like put out in like a six to Probably. nine month period that's yeah. a lot of work i mean you know rod serling did drive himself into the ground making this show <laughs> yep <laughs> which is why he's you know had a little bit of a lighter hand on night gallery later on and and actually the last couple seasons of, of this as well so well weren't a lot of night gallery episodes just about like night terrors things like um, that i mean like or whatever just scare monsters just killing people is that seems like something that if you've like worked yourself to death that you'd make a show that was more about just monsters well um the one i usually push and by the time we get to this episode people are like you already talked about like eight times but there's the the one where the guy um the the athlete loses the use of his legs mm -hmm. and, and he teaches himself to astral travel and then he's going to go and murder his astrally murder his his wife's lover but mm -hmm. he ends up murdering himself by accident because it's dark classic work anxiety dream <laughs> oh really <laughs> i think i had that dream last week all right very cool were you astrally traveling 
Yeah, and I murdered myself. It was really embarrassing. No, actually, the last work anxiety dream I had, I was just processing things. Okay. Forever. You, all night. I, I, had a, I had a dream a few nights ago where I was helping a drunken Tim Burton across the town square, and then he hurled on me. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, this is kind of gross, and I didn't really want to have to deal with it. But And then that, that's where I woke up, and I was like, oh, good, I don't have to deal with it. So, I mean, yeah, it's you like, got to love that. It's like you could interpret it like, oh, well, that's a commentary on the last 10 to 15 years of Tim Burton's movies. But <laughs> I really don't think my dreams would be telling me that. <laughs> I, you know, the last one I saw was Dark Shadows, and it still was better than a lot of other things. Yeah, I, that's the thing I don't even have. I just don't even have like strong opinions about the last 10 to 15 years of Tim Burton's career. I just know the general consensus is that my dream would have interpreted it, 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 it properly. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about zither music? I had to look up what it was. Uh, pretty cool. You've seen the third man, right? Yes. Okay. That's that, that kind of like popularized the zither in a well, somewhat popularized it. But I think people in the 50s, Didn't... there were people running out buying zither. So it was, so it was, it's off the wall, but not completely off the wall. I remember seeing the third man as in some reissue in like the nineties. And it was some kind of thing. Like this movie was lost to time. <laughs> and even th even then it was like a thing where that uh, maybe it popularized it somehow. no yeah so like you said there are a lot of formula beats to the story here but um you, and it's a lighter there's no death right so it does take kind of an early look at say geek culture sort of how other episodes like had like you know proto-feminism or um stop at willoughby's is kind of the the death and despair behind the 50s you know like american dream dude or whatever right whereas this one is just mm -hmm. like hey here's a geek who needs a convention it's 1960 and we don't really have these conventions yet well you could also just look at it like the rise of the counterculture just sort of like if you take a hippie and cross him with a guy who's wearing a suit you sort of do get mr beavis i mean he sort of is just I think some people would have seen this when it originally aired and been like, oh, no, that's horrible. He didn't take the job. <laughs> oh, God. Ah. I'm hoping no one ever had that uh, sort of response, but eh, maybe someone mm -hmm. did. Like, you know, dude, just, you know? just straighten out, of, uh, chill out, you know? A lot of okay. pecking paws out there. Yeah, yeah, okay. I guess now you mentioned there were people being like, what, what's wrong with this guy? But, um, well, maybe that's the divide on this episode. Some people watch and say, what's wrong with this guy? And some people are like, hey, man, he's a hipster, like in the more positive sense of the word. Sorry, I, I think that's a word mm. that's kind of fallen into uh, uh, the, the crap pool. I think it is uh, more neutral now than it has been. It was kind of annoying for a while at how much people would toss it around as a yeah that that's what that's when the the finger mustache tattoo thing was like a scourge upon the earth i think yeah <laughs> some people still have those tattoos and it's on their hand yeah it probably sucks to get a finger tattoo removed yeah i guess you could still play that trick but, at a bar though it would be like kind of like ironic it's like you should take it take the mustache and then put it on uh, someone else Let's, someone you don't know Let's let's actually break down this guy's interests a little more and see how they um, appeal to to former. Well, I don't know. Maybe you will still call yourself a punk rocker if you want, but <laughs> no, I'm more of a hipster than a punk rocker, honestly. That's what I thought. So okay, two, not a mustache two, guy though. Two middle-aged hipsters. How do we respond to Mr. Beavis's interests? 
His tastes lean towards stuffed animals. How do you feel about stuffed animals? In that context, which I took it, I took that to mean taxidermy. Big taxidermy enthusiast. Okay. No, I'll go straight for stuffed animals because I, I oh, had a that ton too. when I was a kid. I had like a netting above my bed filled with stuffed animals. Um, and then, oh yeah, my uh, my wife got annoyed with me when my daughter was like a baby because I would keep buying stuffed animals because I wanted to buy the stuffed animals probably. So, yeah. Well, my friend uh, Becky, who does taxidermy, is probably listening. Okay. And uh, so you, you should definitely... I'm just giving I'm just giving her a shout out. Okay, there we Cry- go. Cryptic taxidermy. Check it out. <laughs> it's awesome stuff. Fans of fans of okay. our various podcasts would probably and, enjoy it. Okay, well, either way we're stuffing the animals. I guess they, they rate. <laughs> so that that that's a point for Beavis. Zither okay. music. I don't listen to a ton of zither music, but I'll give him a point for that. If if I mean I can you can get obsessed with zither 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 music. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't know about obsessed, but I would I wouldn't be like stop playing this zither music in the office. I wouldn't be mad about it. Be a nice listen, change of yeah. pace. I listen to a lot uh, of sitar music, so I, I get the same idea, right? Christmas I mean, I, I, carols. That's 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 might be a bridge too far. Does it say Christmas carols? Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. He has people bring. He brings children into the office to just sing Christmas carols. Oh, you're looking at the actual. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm looking, looking at, at the, my notes. I'm looking at the prologue. I'm looking at the prologue. Oh, okay. Here. So I'm running down that list, but sure, sure, Christmas carols. Um, I'm weird in that I really hate Christmas music, but at Christmas time I spend the entire week like going around the office playing a ukulele and singing Christmas songs. But that's just because hmm. I want to play the ukulele and play Christmas songs, even though I don't like the Christmas songs. So okay, just want to make sure that you do understand that we are hipsters now. We, you, there's no coming back from that. Okay, uh, next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're we're trying to figure out if Mr. Beavis bow ties. Oh yeah, I put I it, I it took me forever to figure out how to put this on too. The clip doesn't make sense. Mm. So I really I really put in the extra work for this podcast for this audio podcast today. Um. <laughs> when I was a child, I wore bow ties, but as an adult, I just tied one necktie once using an app and just put it back on every time I needed a necktie, which is about once every three okay. years the next one needs a little consideration it says professional football which my first reaction is a great big no right but this is 1960 they maybe just had the first super bowl or no they hadn't even had it yet probably so it was well, i think a- we just had super bowl 50 or something which would mean uh yeah the, that yeah, would mean is- pre-super bowl it, so it was, it's more like me being like the only sport i watch these days is sumo which also mm. sounds hipster but i do live in japan mm. and it comes on before the six o'clock news so sometimes you just see sumo i mean i like wrestling if when it's good okay sumo matches are usually about two seconds it's like five minutes of build-up and then two seconds of wrestling and if it does take a long time like 30 seconds or a minute it loses it just looks like they're hugging it out for a while do they ever kiss they should they should <laughs> they do grope each mm. other so I mean, question okay let's fast forward 10 years <laughs> once football has started doing super bowls do you think mr beavis is over it at that point do you think he's tired of it yeah maybe it's like they sold out you know it's not like the good old days like the one time i really enjoyed baseball was going to a minor league game in maine 
like nobody knows who the team is and but people you know the local fans are obsessed in between every inning they'd have some like bizarre performance like dancing animals would come out or the local elementary <laughs> school would sing a song i'm like this is great you know that that's how that's how a baseball game should be you know right. <laughs> so, i think baseball is sort of a way to drink surrounded by people who aren't paying attention to you that's that yeah that and this was like that idea like just take all the money out of it right and like times 50 so yeah minor league baseball is the the thing man um Wait, not, did you not say that, whether this is japanese or american minor league baseball uh american it was in maine when i okay i think you did say that i was oh, just yeah. wanted to make sure although I, i'm not i neither of a sports fan so i don't know why we've been talking about sports for the past five minutes but um, sports <laughs> so next, one, next one list here's one that is definitely not a tick for me uh charles dickens don't like dickens myself mm. too many words I feel like i do like charles dickens but it's been a just a like five lifetimes since i've read anything by him well no i was in the ninth grade i i, I read all the books assigned except great mm -hmm. expectations it wasn't what i was expecting um <laughs> I, I, so it wasn't great <laughs> i read the first two or three chapters got bored of my mind and just guessed on the test i got a 67 uh -huh. but all of my other tests were like 95 so no problem mm. so i have no regrets not reading great expectations or and, mm. and i never got back to dickens because i decided that probably meant i didn't like him I don't want to accuse Rod Serling of just putting a bunch of weird stuff in a grab bag for this guy's personality, but that may be what happened here. It could be. That's what, that's one of the reasons I feel like we have to like obsess over this list. Okay, the next one I well, think is a, I think the next one still counts the hit. Carnivals. Everybody loves a carnival. Yeah, I that's a weird thing to take issue with. Yeah. It was like think, the sorry, the thing about this guy compared with um what was the guy from uh, Time Enough at Last? What's his name? Mr. B. Miss. B. Miss. Mr. B. Miss. B. B. Miss. Um, he just read books. That was his whole personality. Yeah. This so guy, Mr. B. Miss, is like mm -hmm. an evolution of Mr. B. Miss, where he likes, I don't know, eight things, and his boss <laughs> is even more mad at him. His boss is just firing him. In fact, he can't. He can't keep a job for more than six months, and he's had six jobs <laughs> this year, which right, is exactly. pretty wild. He I might not I be responsible. Know. Were things were things just different then? I don't feel like I've ever even met anyone who has lost jobs at that rate, and I've known people who had some problems, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so he might not be that responsible. Okay, here's where, I guess, mm. old Rod just ran out of steam because the last year just dogs children and young ladies i mean there's not too many people <laughs> are just like there are but there's not too many people are just like i hate children or i hate dogs uh, there's, there's this <laughs> boss young like stop hanging out with children and dogs and old ladies or young ladies yeah. <laughs> only old ladies come on be an incel that's <laughs> the only way to be <laughs> do you think okay do you think that they just retro filmed a filmed him doing a bunch of stuff and retroactively just did the intro and then put everything that was that he interacted because he does he picks a dog up he says hi to a lady he says hi to some kids boss yells at him about zither music they don't say his age right i mean how young the lady should he be around mm. yeah that's you, i mean that's uh what's a weird one i mean it looks like a normal twilight zone 36 about right so yeah makes sense
But then again, he lo- if he looks 36, that probably means he's a first pick 25. <laughs> I think I think 36 is probably the right age for someone to like get mad at you for having a personality. Yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. I mean, uh, what, what, what are our own little weirdnesses? Uh, I keep ukuleles with an S around the office. I play a lot of video games, and I'm not afraid to talk about them. And also, okay. uh, I have a lot of synthesizers, and I am afraid to talk about those. Oh, what I, I, yeah, I have too many guitars in this room. I have a bunch of weird little Star Wars things, which is weird because I'm much more of a Trekkie. But when they're selling, you know, these die cast like Millennium Falcon for ten bucks, it's hard to pass up. Hmm. <laughs> I, I like definitely has... like dogs too much. I mean, I will. Hey, look, the engines and... is just normal ass tape. Wow. Anyway, the rest of it looks so classic. Did you build that? No, I just bought it. Okay. It was in a it was in a book, mm. weirdly enough. <laughs> so, well, that's more hipstery than building it, I guess. It was a pretty thick book. I have an Enterprise C model that I famously haven't built in my closet because it's an actual mm. model where you have to like use the glue and, and have the, the knives. And I, I almost it, started doing it on my last vacation. I went to the model shop and I was like, I'll get glue. And then there's like mm-hmm. 20 varieties of glue. I'm like, what's happening? And then I gave up again. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I got one of those models that was just like a car. And you have to like put it together and paint it yourself. And I was like nine or 10 years old. And honestly, I did pretty well. The model came out pretty flawlessly. And I am not a, a meticulous and careful person with like physical items. Numbers, okay. I can... You know, I can work with computers stuff, but like building things, not typically that good. So it's probably easier than you think it is. It might, yeah, it might be. Yeah, I just I when I saw the twenty varieties of glue, I was like, but I don't know which one to get. <laughs> and then, like something in your brain is like, uh, is like really worried that you're gonna build it wrong and it's gonna look all messed up and you won't, you won't be able to throw it away. And it was a vintage model, so I don't want to screw it up, right? Oh, so yeah. There's, there's a bit of stress. It's the Enterprise C. It's from the 90s, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of synthesizers, I mean, I have a vintage thing that somebody made new panels for it. And I bought the panels, and I haven't put them on yet because I'm afraid I'm going to put them on wrong. I thought so, you were afraid to talk you about go. your synthesizers. <clears throat> well, um, it's, this relates directly to what you're saying, so I'm going to break that. <laughs> I'm going to break my rule and, and talk about it. Right. But yeah, I, I, this didn't really kick in until I watched this like a couple times. But yeah, just thinking about like, is it possible to even have a Beavis now? Because, you know, like in the 80s, there was the <laughs> tape on the glasses dork, you know, the kind you'd see in Saved by the Bell, which I think that's more or less fallen by the wayside. What do you think is more likely that would exist, a Beavis or a Bemis? Now it's more like a Proud Boy. I think a Bemis is less. I, I can't imagine somebody getting mad at somebody for reading too much. Yeah. Or, of course, or just... I, I mean, we're, I, well, I, I just like set that on fire, right? Because, uh, you know, mm. Proud Boy's out there doing like horrible stuff where yeah. Mr. Beavis is just has, he's just weird, right? So that's, that's definitely actually, whoa, that's definitely Sorry. not, he farted. That's definitely not the right uh, analogy. Yeah okay no but i mean the one wrong. thing leads there is such a thing as one thing leads to another and and there definitely is i mean i have hung out in some internet circles with hilarious trolls and i'm sure some of them eventually just sort of 
said, oh, wait, actually, Nazis are cool, actually, because I've joked about them so long that they're, they feel like they're my friends, and now I'm going to set fire to a building. So, yeah, it's slippery, whatever you call it. Slip, I don't think slippery slope is the right term, but I don't even know <laughs> if we've... I don't think that we have the language yet to describe what happens when someone is radicalized by the internet. Like, I mm -hmm. really don't. And yeah. that includes like older people who look at next door every day and then start seeing intruders everywhere. Of course, I guess Beavis is kind of the opposite. He's not going to be influenced by anything, including his guardian angel flipping reality on him. Yeah, but <laughs> to be fair, okay, guardian angel, let's talk about J. Harvey Hempstead. A little judgy, right? He kind of well, he kind of just comes in real hot. It's like, I don't like your outfit. Actually, this man doesn't want to give you free bananas anymore. Children don't want to play with you because I don't like the cut of your jib. That's pretty much what he does. Well, he this is what the 10th Beavis that he's been assigned to. He's probably getting bored of this. He's like, dude, yeah, just well, just 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 do what everyone else is doing. Leave leave my you know, don't bug me, and uh, let's just, uh, you know, this this is the end of the line. Mr. Beavis doesn't have any kids. It seems like the person having the crisis in this episode is pretty much the guardian angel and <laughs> nobody else. Mr. <laughs> Beavis knows who he is. He sort of gets it. Um, I put in my notes that sort of like reverse It's a Wonderful Life. Where he just <laughs> figures that he finds out what his life would be if he wasn't happy, and he's like, ah. Uh, Actually, I choose happiness. Yeah, it's it's wild that like the only and maybe he teaches J. Harvey Hempstead how to accept Beavis's. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Then um, yeah, so I am thinking Hempstead is just like, man, I've been doing this for 200, 300 years. This is the mm -hmm. end of the line. Let's just get this over with with minimum trouble, is his vibe. So <laughs> so I think there is I do like this episode. I'm not like crazy, crazy about it, but I think there's a better version of this where something happens to J.R.V. Hempstead. Maybe he gets a guardian angel or he gets like revoked or he quits or he just uh, decides to be like Mr. Peckinpah's guardian angel instead because he likes him better or something. There is some, <laughs> there is some kind of left turn that could sort of leave Mr. Beavis alone, but also give us a little bit more of a, something twilight zoney yeah yeah that's a good but, point but this it is a it is a fun time one now i definitely yeah. like mr beavis better than mr bemis so because i yeah I, as a person absolutely you know bemis was like i i kind of that's a weird one because he definitely didn't deserve anything horrible happening to him like that but you kind of were at the same time we're like this guy's so annoying i'm like not completely against it but mr he, beavis is like oh yeah dude needs to have a zither records and a bow tie for sure He's Mr. Mr. Beavis is free. Mr. Bemis was quite the opposite. I mean, Mr. Okay. Bemis was in like a nightmarish relationship. Yeah. Or yeah. Mr. Bemis is just kind of like, yeah, free and easy, right? Living the life. So. Mr. Beavis is free and easy. You said it's, Bemis. The, the names get confused. I, that, even, <laughs> even well, are you trying to say that they're, that those are similar names because this is a similar character? Well, I was talking to Luke ah! yesterday and he was like, Oh, Mr. Beavis, is that the is that the um is that the sequel to Time Enough at Last? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like what do you do? Just see and the sequel to that though would just be watching 
Bemis like you know stumbling around blind and dying of radiation poisoning. So that wouldn't be a very good. That'd be a dark Twilight Zone episode. It'd be cool if it was just an episode where he's trying to read in a dark room for 28 minutes and then zombies came and killed him. Oh, I would no, no, I was thinking his flesh would be falling off because he was in, you know, obviously in a wasteland that had just been huh. irradiated. Um, but back, back to Beavis, I we we talked about Beavis a bit oh. in the past. So, <laughs> well, this is the twilight. This is the twilight zone. So a zombie would come and bring him glasses and then kill him. Yes. Anyway, enough about Mr. Beavis. Um, <laughs> it's I th- I think there is a thing to be said for can a series be truly subversive if it doesn't occasionally have a happy episode um yeah twilight zone this is a good like funny one they sometimes like kind of you know don't quite make it work um Uh we did the chaser i I don't i guess i don't No, it came okay chaser was a few weeks ago and people listening to this time that lots of cool things in that episode but it doesn't quite work Mm-hmm. yeah i think and, and that's because here's the thing mr beavis doesn't come across as two-dimensional because the guy in the chaser seemed a bit two-dimensional mr beavis actually is relatively well sketched out i think yeah i mean he's crispin glover before crispin glover came out yeah i mean honestly I'd, i think i'd rather hang out with mr beavis than crispin glover but uh <laughs> yeah did you ever watch that footage of crispin glover like trying to kick david letterman in the face Oh yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's wild how David Letterman doesn't flinch even a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it makes me kind of scared of David Letterman, really. Well, you hadn't seen the outtakes of the show, right? So every guest tries mm. to get him in the face, probably. He's <laughs> just yeah. Once you have your own TV show, you just uh you just fear nothing and then anyone can just attack you and you know what's like as a care. teacher when kids throw balls at my head, I tend not to flinch. <laughs> And usually they don't even hit me, which really impresses the kids. Or I just slightly move and it like misses me. So I've gotten this like weird cat reflex towards having balls thrown at me. <laughs> so like when George W. Bush dodged the shoes that time? Yeah, exactly. Yes. He, he that probably happened so much that yeah. <laughs> did he yeah. get hit? Did he get hit or dodged? No, no, he dodged. he dodged. He dodged okay. He dodged them expertly. He yeah. looked a little bit he looked surprised, but he still dodged them. Okay, well, that's because people always threw their shoes at him, probably. And he, that was just the time it got on film. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah when have... he was the governor of Texas, people would throw their shoes at him almost every day. Yeah, that that was how you would greet him. Their boots <laughs> was scarier. <laughs> that's right. Uh, anyway, um, okay, along those lines, um, I feel like I learned a lot from Game of Thrones. Did you watch Game of Thrones? I can't remember. Like the first two episodes, but feel free to say whatever you want to about Game of Thrones. Okay, end of the first episode, you know, it basically ends with incest and then a dude throws a kid out of a building. Yeah, I just remember that. Um, So it sort of does this thing where you get these shocker moments and... uh, you know, they're they're they continue with the shocker moments for a while, and eventually there's really nothing they can do to shock you. And then there's the character who dies and then comes back to life, and it's like everyone sort of knew it was going to happen because there was just nothing for them to do anymore. And then the end of the series kind of just tanked really hard because there was no way to surprise people. <laughs> and those guys were obviously in a huge hurry to do their Star Wars trilogy. 
which no, is canceled now. They they weren't being creative enough. The they should have had um, George R. R. Martin show up in the final episode with, "Hey guys, I finished this one. (laughs) I finished the book, guys." (laughs) I think they should have just had him for the last two seasons, just put him in a dungeon, and just had somebody just whip him and like try to get him to write things, and then he just like couldn't. (laughs) <laughs> they should have just made that the whole thing because i think he's done he's probably done but yeah. this is the thing is that you can i think that you can't just uh keep twisting you can't just twist on people and be like dark twist dark twist dark twist you have to sometimes just lighten up a little bit or at least just you, you can't constantly surprise people with the worst version of, of what's going to happen <laughs> yeah so your point is this is this is the twilight it's better zone than game of thrones a, okay twilight zone better than game of thrones yes that's that would be a hot take for a few people but it sounds mm-hmm. about, yeah i'm like yeah sure of course i'm doing a twilight zone podcast <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm talking overall not necessarily you know there are there are certainly moments in game of thrones that that eclipse the the film the sheer filmmaking of this extremely low budget you know 70 year old tv show (laughs) but that's only fair that that's going to happen but just uh you can't just gotcha people forever it's a family guy really i mean that's Mm. probably also controversial but that that show sort of tried to be shocking over and over again and then it just got kind of boring well, you tried to turn me onto the Family Guy, what, 20 years ago? And I was just kind of like, eh. yeah, the first four <laughs> seasons were good. And then those writers left and wrote American Dad, which is good. Okay. Um, I guess we'll start doing questions for Beavis, unless you had a, something else, unless you want to talk more about Crispin Glover. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much Crispin Glover. I, I didn't look up if this guy was Crispin Glover's dad. I'm, just gonna assume he isn't i did think that possibly j harvey hempstead was the uh the guy who ran the tv station in uhf but he isn't oh, okay yeah well, some people old. look like other people right? true it's crazy so who went into the twilight zone in this episode i i feel like you want to say hempstead i do want to say hempstead but it was pretty obviously mr beavis i mean hempstead was just at, at work he was just doing his job. He he but, was bored of it. Right, but he I mean, tries to he tries to make things better for him. But see but everything just flows off of Mr. Beavis. He's he's just kind of annoyed that, you know, the nice things in his life are suddenly gone, right? Maybe they both went into the Twilight Zone together. Well, the prologue does say Mr. James B.W. Beavis just one block away from the Twilight Zone. That's the other little bit of where I'm like, ah, maybe we should say Hempstead. Yeah, I think they, they went there together and then it didn't work out. So they that, left together. That could be it. I'm just like, if you're so disattached or disassociated, does that mean you it just the Twilight Zone just skittered off of you? That Twilight is a block away? We don't have a whole lot of, we don't have a lot of experience with people just outright rejecting the Twilight Zone. Need, in most cases, you can't. A lot of people yeah. would like to. But in this case, you can just sort of go like, nah, no Twilight Zone for me. I guess I'm still going to go with walking distances, the, the gold standard of some dude just flipping out when he encounters the <laughs> Twilight Zone. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah. when we did that, you know, Andrew, was, that wasn't his favorite episode. Now, I, I like it okay, but the more I, 
it's like the more I'm like, that's the guy who flipped out the hardest. It's like now I kind of like that episode more because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like, you know, like Homer Simpson going on a rampage, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's the most rational you would probably get like, um, damn it. What's the one with the lady in the bus station? Uh, mirror image. Mirror she image. Had, she legitimately had reason to flip out. Yeah, it's like that's how you would expect most people to react. Like, right. Absolutely. Because I'm. That's like sort of a problem with me with Marvel stuff, is that there's a lot of stuff where it's like aliens ripping buildings in half, and people are just sort of like running, like as if running as if like the rain was really heavy like people oh. would be absolutely <laughs> freaking out i don't care if you saw it on the news or what you would just be like ah! just like you know look it, it gets back to the um the transformers thing right mm -hmm. and and, and yeah, the dark of the moon where um the building's falling and they have a whole segment where then they're in the falling building and then they go to a different level and they go through an office and it's like everyone looks like they're they've just been at their desk working <laughs> <laughs> and then they start running when the actor the main actors show up it's like no they they've been flipping out they're in the same falling building this is why i mean this is why certain things like david lynch movies are better even though david lynch would never generally never make movies like that i don't think he could but you see people sort of in a, you'll see a scene with two or three people that are absolutely like melting on an existential level and well, that's as, some, as someone who likes the transformers movie i will admit calling them stupid is a low-hanging <laughs> fruit <laughs> i mean same i think sam raimi does a good job with that stuff like there's some genuine like freakouts and spider-man movies or whatever but i'm sure there's plenty I'm sure you can pick out plenty of people who are just bored while spider-man is pulling the subway car together or whatever <laughs> Hey, you might be used to it, you know, like, I'm like, hey, I'm reading a book on the subway. It's the last chapter and I'm not going to let some kind of spider action, you know, disrupt me. I mean, that's pretty much how people are dealing with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, where were we? That was the first one. Who, oh, deserve uh, who went to the. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think anybody got anything egregious. I think. If anything, Mr. Beavis is a cool enough guy that he deserves to get to see how crappy his life would be if it was good. So he doesn't deserve this. He should have just because he yeah. didn't. He wasn't even that phase that he lost his job. And like maybe seemed, he doesn't deserve it. Isn't it like was more than he deserved? Like he didn't deserve that shot at being normal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the thing that flipped him out the most was that what his car got flipped or something, which is kind of like that. That should phase everybody a little bit, you know, but that's just, you know, it's, that happens, right? I think it's like if you were dealing with modern insurance, whereas like, oh, your insurance will now be for $400 a month because of this. <laughs> then maybe, maybe you'd feel differently about it. Maybe it's definitely like, oh, sorry. Um, what? Yeah, there was there's stuff where it's like suddenly he has a nice sports car. Like, there's definitely a lot of money things happening that Mr. Beavis didn't seem to care about. Yeah, yeah. He don't care about money, right? I mean, it's like your favorite restaurant's the crappy pizza joint, right? I think some of us would definitely be like, I'm going to sell the sports car and buy another crappy 1920s Rickenbacker. Yeah, I mean, he he could change his life. It would just be, like, annoying, right? I mean, he could make friends with the banana guy again and, and you know. No, no bananas. No bananas ever Never. for him again, yeah. 
I'm like, it would take a few months, but you know, in a few months, he would be right back where he started probably because he would have sold that sports car for another Rickenbacker, you know? <laughs> this is one of those, I think this is one of those episodes where you start pulling the thread on like how all this stuff works and it would completely unravel because how do you, how do you like become not friends with the banana guy and then you like can't mend that? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know what he would at least be like, why are you being nice? You're I mean, a jerk. The, I mean, the next time he goes to a clothing store, he's going to buy a zoot suit and a bow tie. He's not going to buy like another sensible suit or unless Hempstead just keeps showing up as his guardian angel and turning a zoot suit into like a into like, you know, a, a tailored like business suit. Yeah, it's like, does Mr. Beavis have free will or not? It's almost like this this uh, quantum reality where it's like he can be himself, but he isn't. Right. So Hempstead deserves it. He needs a lesson and Beavis doesn't deserve this. This is all like an annoyance for him. I think they both learned something. Hempstead learned that he's not going to get the Beavis he wants. And Beavis has learned that he's going to be homeless. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need the Twilight Zone for that, though. <laughs> no, but he's learned that he doesn't want to do what it takes to not be homeless. Yeah. So, you know, he he can have like a hip hipster. Well, that's. There are I I don't know if you've seen the little enclaves in Japan of of these little tent cities where some of the people mm -hmm. actually kind of want to be there. So <laughs> yes, they seem pretty happy. Um, yeah, but it's like I think it's like wasn't not, there not something to take in... away from people who you know become homeless and in, in a horrible you know like like oh. bad news way? But I'm just saying that there are some people that kind of want to live a nomadic life. Yeah, I mean, people who are dealing with that kind of thing are. Are not any less complicated than you or i and you know the and and there are people who go to home depot and cut their arms off really yes how do they get both of them off very carefully okay <laughs> now they live with the table saw oh okay on purpose yes okay interesting sorry they contain been... multitudes except they don't contain multitudes of arms anymore no they don't yeah they're missing those um but but it's like it's one of those what's was i actually talking about i'm completely lost <laughs> uh it's like it's great when i make the conversation into chaos and i end up losing something that i was going to say that made sense um i was saying mr beavis didn't oh homeless mr oh. Beavis is now homeless okay okay he's homeless yeah i think they both I think Mr. Beavis and Hempstead both got something, both learned something about themselves and about each other, and uh, they're still stuck with each other and in magic fire hydrants. Yeah, so no. maybe, maybe, yeah. They just have to learn how to metaphysically work together because they're, they're metaphysically linked. Yeah, hopefully he gave him a house so he's That's not homeless. Yeah, anyway, it seems like a good prelude to the tripometer question. If you have a spot you want to place this on that sort of meter. I'm going to say, by the way, I haven't thought about this at all in advance because I forgot to think about it. Um, I'm going to say this one is a 2.3. Okay. I'm just not as focused as you because I was thinking, oh, it's a 2.0 to 2.5. So 2.3 makes well, sense. <laughs> there you go. 2.3 because, you know, it's it's a weird guy he lives a weird life and then weird things happen to him and i guess the disappearing trippy... fire hydrant's pretty trippy right honestly for me the trippiest thing was his um his his beavis suit oh no the trippiest thing 
that special effect where Mr. Beavis couldn't walk through the glass after Hempstead walked through the glass. That was super trippy. I'm gonna oh, yeah, I'm gonna bump it up to two point four because of that. Okay, sure, why not? You're still in my range at least. You could you could bump it up to two point six just to be contrary if you want. Is it worth <laughs> is it worth doing that? Now a question, am I the type of podcast guest that I want to agree with the host or that I want to be contrarian and bump it up to two point six? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Two point six. Bastard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you don't have me on here just to argue with another version of yourself. Right. Or maybe uh, you do. Yeah. I like echo chambers, but yeah, it's, it's, it's echo chambers, echo chamber, echo chambers. That's right. Okay. I, I've got tired of doing that now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, my score is based on his, on his suit. That suit's so, good. But yes, the other music awesome. is pretty trippy. There, the, the cognitive dissonance of all the different things that he likes that are all weird <laughs> together yeah yeah that's trippy yes it, so mr beavis himself is trippy does that make mm -hmm. mr beavis the actual twilight zone again to reiterate my like, original <laughs> who, who was in no, he's a block is it something away like he's if you heard block away <laughs> if you're a guardian angel are you going to guard enough people that eventually you will meet the human embodiment of the twilight zone and have to try and keep them from being homeless is that what this is about yes <laughs> 2.6 but you uh, thought i was gonna bump it up even further but i didn't oh okay you do what you want yeah no, well you don't want to because i don't i don't need trippy. to anymore it's not that trippy an episode <laughs> that that bit got old faster than the echo chamber bit <laughs> um well it is it's july 18th well hey, it's almost your birthday right it's almost my birthday. Don't give me a present. Just sing the very merry <laughs> birthday song to him the day before and after for hours yeah. on end. Yeah. Hey, you know, but, if you're in Atlanta, go to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. There'll be a bunch of people who don't wear masks, but I'll be wearing a mask because I don't want COVID. A lot of my friends have COVID right now. <laughs> I don't know if you want to see me or stalk me or whatever take our parasocial relationship to the next level if you're one of the one of the listeners who lives in atlanta but doesn't know me for some reason don't talk to me <laughs> but you know you should go anyway and play video games because it's fun yeah you could can't the people cosplay right not really that's not really a cosplay thing it's more just a here i'm i'm 55 years old here are my arcade cabinets play them oh, i have I, I have a couple i'm bringing a trivia wait no phrase craze it's our Wheel of Fortune knockoff, but it came out in 83. Wheel of Fortune's been around a long time. Pat Sajak wasn't the original host. True, but Who he's it done now? it a Who long is, time. I think it's still Pat Sajak. Okay, good for him. Man, he must be like 2003 by now. I was going to say, look up a picture of Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Kind of weird, man. Like yeah. If, if they really want to do that job for that long, then... She's still doing it too. She's doing yeah. it too. Oh, that's that's actually quite impressive. You'd think uh, that they'd want something different, but uh, again, who am I to judge? Okay, we're, sorry, we're not going to do this podcast for another fifty years. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of anthology shows. <laughs> sorry, I'm we'll looking. See. I'm I have to look up the photo. Oh yeah, they're actually both aging reasonably well. Good for them. 
Although yeah. he, 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 he looks more unholy than he used to. <laughs> I mean, it's probably all the baby stem cells he took, so he looks younger. His, his face looks like it's like permanently plastered into a smile. Like he can't, he literally <laughs> cannot take it off his face anymore. And his eyes are in like distress because of it. That's, that's what he <laughs> looks like. A little. But anyway, good for him. He's still doing it. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. September 24th, 2021. Pat Sajak and Vanna White talk about Wheel of Fortune exit. They might not be on it anymore. I thought for a second you were saying that they had a new series called Wheel of Fortune exit. Sajak 74, White is 64. Mm. We're certainly closer to the end than the beginning. Okay, that okay, that's, that's they're not quitting. Fair. Yeah, when you're 74. <laughs> okay, so I guess they're they're not actually planning to exit sorry i don't know why i'm doing like live wheel of fortune <laughs> research on this podcast what, what they're doing <laughs> stay tuned for our wheel of fortune podcast <laughs> that would be, <laughs> we, imagine, be could you imagine <laughs> we uh, break down wheel of fortune episode so by mad. episode all ten thousand episodes that's so, that's so upsetting to even ponder that that's no, like the, that's like... the twilight zone. If there's a twilight zone where what where you end up in it, you're gonna be like, you have to do every episode of of Jeopardy in a podcast <laughs> no, or something like that. That's no, got to be Wheel of Fortune because Jeopardy will at least give you trivia to talk about, right? <laughs> it's Wheel of Fortune, like, why didn't they choose E? Come on, <laughs> it should be obvious by now. You start with E. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You started with a Z. Are you some kind of a maniac? <laughs> what well, it's called burning down the house. Why didn't you get that right? It's obvious it's burning down the house. That's what it is. You thought it was You're... burning down the house. What? What's wrong with you? Count Rushmore? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> that by, I saw that on TV, by the way. Where it really? Was, it, yeah, I, I did see that on Wheel of Fortune, like when I was like, like 12 or 13 or something where the only letter missing was the m on mount and the lady chose a c <laughs> and i think she lost after that i think that was like her oh, last choice which I, don't, I don't remember how wheel of fortune works but yeah it cost like her the would, game like that would just be like looking into the abyss like you can never <laughs> you can never like even attempt to do any another puzzle again that's who goes to the home depot next i guess so <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this is Time Enough Podcast, where we are apparently talking about Wheel of Fortune. Uh, we are under the podcasting umbrella of Podcastio Podcastius, where you can hear us talk about sci-fi movies at Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Games with a game game show. Luke loves it's Pokemon. It's a game show like about that. games. Luke loves Pokemon. Uh, is Something that all? Else. Something else coming some, soon, some, maybe? Some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, something like that anyway you go something to the vague. site you go Wheel to that fortune podcast you go to that site and and then they're there so you have that going for you okay um i'm you know i, I i'm not gonna wear a bow tie to work though i i'm not living the dream i'm not living the beavis dream i'm taking off the bow tie you just need to be more discombumerated man yeah Truth is that you just be low ground down 
Discombumerated. It's discombumerated. Yeah, I knew. Oh, well. I, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't feel like correcting it because I would have had to click back to my notes to find it. So. <laughs> Who cares? The Count Rushmore, man, it's a thing. I, I'm, Count I'm, Rushmore. I know I saw yeah. something. Wasn't there something that was like racist? Like a guy said, like it was like the the they made fun of a South Park. I know. I think that was. I think that was a different. But there was a different one besides that. It might have been citing that. Yeah. Rushmore. I want to see if anyone decided to make any chart of this. And <sighs> ten biggest wheel of fortune fails. I mean, I I bet most of them are from like before wheel of fortune um, live. Yeah, yeah. This was just you know like this is like even the after 90s internet. It's probably even the nineties. It's probably not recorded. Although I did read about a lady who just recorded whatever was on from nineteen seventy nine to two thousand twelve. Oh, here's one that's like the blank UCK stops here. Oh, oh, so I guess that's one. Oh, actually, it seems like it's from a Friends episode. Oh, damn. Maybe I was watching Friends. Wow. Somebody's going to get somebody's going to send you a, an email about that. Well, I was <laughs> watching it when I was about 13. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, my God. That's amazing. 
It's <laughs> gonna be so great. You're gonna get tweeted at by some of these like, oh, Zepso friends. <laughs>